it has been a very, very long time since I've decided to drag in some of my co-workers and dare I say friends to speak with me on the internet about video games. I'm Andy Burkowski and this is Video Game Sophistry. Yes, the radio show that uh, started it all, I want to say, God, like 10 years ago. Is that right, Anton? About 10 years ago? Yeah. It's not. It's been like four years. But thank you for, you know, believing that it could be this long. <laughs> I'm joined by, once again, he's back, Mr. Anton Mack. He was here with us for a little while when uh, we were at Chorus, and now he's back. And the voice you probably heard before, Matt Laca, is also here. So it's us three this week. Uh, boys, thank you so much. Nah, no problem, man. No problem. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you guys here. What have you guys been playing? Anything exciting? Yeah, uh, you know, been uh, been uh, working my way through uh, a game called Ring of Elysium right now, uh, which is a free to play game on uh, Steam. Oh God, uh, it's free eh? to play. I just yeah, play. yeah. Quiet, quiet, <laughs> all of you. Dude, I am poor. Okay, didn't I, I give you Call of Duty Four to play? I mean, Isn't... you did. You did. What you got COD Four and you're playing Ring of okay, Elysium? Okay, first of all, first of all, I was gonna save that for a later discussion. Oh, yes, I'm okay. playing Call of Duty Four. I shouldn't want to spoil it. Okay. But fine, yes. I've been working my way through, uh, you know, learning how to play that game again because I haven't played a Call of Duty game since Modern Warfare Two. Yeah. Like, you know, when it was good. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's a that's another conversation. What about for you, another Anton? Day. What, are you, what are you up to right now? Well, um, obviously, been playing a lot of Assassins because Assassins is great. Yeah, if you were watching anything on the channel, uh, when you see Alexios, the the male version in Odyssey, doing something like heinous or terrible, it's because I've told Anton, please make that guy a huge dick and bang um, everyone you I'm know. not being a dick. I'm actually being a realist. Oh, excuse me. Like, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're yeah. 2018. It's the same thing. Oh. Uh, Speaking of realists, it's a perfect segue into the reason I brought you guys here. I don't really give a shit what you're playing. I care more about <laughs> wow. what you care, your opinions on Red Dead Redemption 2. Not what the game's going to be about, not like how realistic the horse balls are going to be or something like that. But this story that came out this week from Dan Hauser, the one of the co-creators of Rockstar, telling the world very kind of proudly in New York Magazine. I will say, just before we get too into this, it is weird how Rockstar has kind of established themselves as this penultimate outside of the normals, like the royalty of video game developers. They don't go to the media events. They don't really send out review copies. They speak to New York Magazine instead of like uh, GamerBros.com or something <laughs> like that. So it is, it is weird. Ever since like the original GTAs back in the day, they've kind of elevated themselves and uh, maybe that will tie into a little bit of the problems they got into. But if you're listening to this, chances are you already are abundantly aware of what is going on. Dan Hauser in that interview said, and I quote, we're working 100 hour weeks several times in 2018. They finished the finished game includes 300,000 animations, 500,000 lines of dialogue and many more lines of code. Even for each R Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer and TV commercial, we've probably made made 70 versions but the editors may make several hundred Sam and I will both make uh, lots of suggestions as will other members of the team so 
He said this proudly, and then most gaming outlets had an opportunity to say, like, this is bullshit. You shouldn't be proud of this. We, we've been talking about burnout for, and not the cool game, we've been talking about burnout in the video game industry for, you know, years now and trying to make changes in it. So finally, Dan Hauser had to, you know, leave his ivory tower and speak to Kotaku. Can you imagine that? You're starting with New York Magazine, this esteemed publication, and then you got to listen to Gossipers. At Kotaku. Anyways, he said it very clearly that uh, we do not expect anyone else to work this way across the whole company. We have senior people who work very hard purely because they're passionate about a project or their particular work. We believe that passion shows in the games we release, but the additional effort is a choice. It's a very important word there. And we don't ask for or expect anyone to work anything like this. Lots of other senior people work in entirely different ways and are just as productive. I'm just not one of them. And this is in caps here. No one senior or junior is ever forced to work hard. I believe we go to great lengths to run a business that cares about its people and to make the company a great place for people to work. Boilerplate, boilerplate. So that really wasn't a good enough answer for a lot of people in the video game industry uh, throughout this week. So it was announced as well by Kotaku through their investigation that one of the subsidiaries of Rockstar is now offering that as instead of a mandatory, more of a volunteer overtime work. And this subsidiary, uh, Rockstar Lincoln, actually did a lot of the Q&A. And if you're familiar with video game design, Q&A is like the worst thing you could possibly do. Mm -hmm. I think it's literally just taking these broken little bits of games and trying to fix every permutation of everything that could possibly be broken and then trying to understand how all these systems work together. It's the stuff that they offer a lot of young people to. I think getting into the industry, a lot of the entry level jobs are in mm -hmm. the QA teams and it's tough. Have you guys any familiarity with that or know anyone who's uh, dove no. into that path? I've known a few people who are currently on that path. Oh, yeah as of right now um with companies that i can't say but like yeah. bigger known ubisoft companies. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ all right jesus put all my friends on blast all right thanks man no well actually i will say ubisoft in toronto is is very good and they've really been uh nice to us. but yeah so you you've talked to those people it is like it's not the whimsical sort of job i think that in my adolescence and even currently the ideas I had about working in the video game industry. Like it is, it is a grind to say the oh, least, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. It It is. But like, I find that's kind of the same idea with like many other jobs. Like Absolutely. when you're younger and you look at like working at your local game store, whether it be EV games <laughs> or GameStop and everyone's like, Oh my God, you got to play video games all day and talk about it. It's not that fun. It's <laughs> honestly like I felt like my soul died when I worked at EV games. Well, I, I'll speak to that a little bit, Anton, the stuff that we're working on right now there are tens of thousands of people who go to VGS because they want to see scenes of a video game. And that is from me and you and other people that have worked together, kind of breaking the game a little bit, essentially doing Q&A stuff, but also filming it and putting it together in something that's like observable, you know, and it's not mm -hmm. fun. Like it is not a fun way to make a living to do the scene stuff so oh, it's so funny you say that because i was actually talking to my girlfriend about it the other day mm -hmm. and i'm i was complaining i'm like oh i have to play assassin's creed so much <laughs> and she's like really oh poor me i got to play video games for a living but like it's a reality it's one of those mm -hmm. things where 
to a certain extent, it's not fun after yeah. a while. Well, yeah, it's it's work. At the end of the day, like no matter it, there's like that saying that like, oh man, if you do something that makes you happy, you won't work a day in your life. That is fucking utter bullshit. <laughs> like, let me tell you, if you love something, just I'm trying to segue back to the actual topic here. If you love oh, something, geez. you will work a hundred and twenty percent harder than if you worked at something you didn't love. So Okay. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to circle back to this hundred hour work week. So uh, Matt Laca, yeah, you think that uh, on average, fourteen hours a day, seven days a week. So you get to work at eight, and you're leaving at ten, and you're not having a weekend, and uh, you have to do that for weeks, if not maybe months at a time. More realistically, you're doing more than that. You're staying, you know, overnight at your workplace and doing like Q and A stuff. You think that is something that is just cool? No, because that's not what we're discussing. That's exactly um, what we're discussing. No, no, no. Exactly in your happened. quote, in your quote, it said several weeks of the year. It did not mention yeah. several weeks in a row. It didn't mention how many weeks. It could have been five in the year. It could have been ten. What? It could have been twenty. What's we the don't distinction know. here? What's the, the, the distinction, distinction is is that you are saying seven days a week for months at a time. You're you're trying to paint this picture of week in and week out of this kind of work mm-hmm. and that is most likely not the case but even if it's one week if it's two weeks then this that's is okay like, but why, why is there this arbitrary line that i'm willing to kind of put myself in in a workplace situation that i'm not necessarily getting paid extra a lot of these people are salary workers yeah. i'm not necessarily doing something that is special or unique or, or necessarily uh feeding my passions because we all know we've all had different sort of jobs that uh put you in that grind why is it ever okay for a corporate entity that is making in this case literally billions of dollars with a b over mm-hmm. Uh, for the eventual product, why is it ever okay for them to ask any of their employees, directly or indirectly, to work that many hours? Because it is voluntary. The fact See, that they that, are asking—that's just not you know, true. That is absolutely no, no, no. not true. How can you say it's not true if they are coming out and saying, like, how are we? Why are we living in this society now that if someone comes out and asks someone a question and they give an answer, they're like, well, you know, that's not a good enough answer. Mm-hmm. You say that you're asking them, but really, what you're doing is this. I mean, why, why can't we take it at face value that he's? They say, and Rockstar, yeah, has had a controversy here or two, you know, uh, within their company, but for mm-hmm. the most part, they're not. They're not, you know, swimming in lawsuits. They're not closing down branches. They're not buying things and then shutting them down. Uh, this Rockstar is one of those companies that, like, people want to work for. This See, is a company... I don't know? necessarily think is true. And even if it is, that's fine, because they have had issues in the past of yep. the uh, the spouse's letter that yeah, went yeah. to the, the workers saying, like, please, like, my God, you're ruining the lives of the people that work here to make GTA five, you know, you're ruining the lives of, of these people that are trying to get into the industry and burning them out so early that they can't actually make other sorts of games. That's why rockstar does make a game, you know, once a decade, uh, Anton, Is, you know, where, let me, let me just go to Anton ugh, for a second. Where do you see fine. yourself on this? Cause we talked about a hundred hours a week. We talked about these people that are, are working on a game that is going to make ostensibly in the case of Red Dead Redemption, if it follows GTA even a little bit, hundreds of millions of dollars. Why are they expected to work these ungodly hours? Once again, like I like I'm with Matt on this at the 
what you're saying is that it's an expectation when to a certain extent it's not they are being asked and as an employee you have a choice to you know whether work that hundred hour a week or slow it down and work X amount of time because obviously you're being paid salary. I think it's all right if you consciously make the decision to be like, you know what, I am going to put in my extra time to make sure that uh, we meet these deadlines. I, you know, finish making that horse's asshole look great. Like whatever it may be, I think it's totally cool. But now, to, to play devil's advocate here, just from like on Andy's side here, just for a second. Um, like obviously let's say they are asking, um, and they're being like, you can do either or obviously there's going to be this interior peer pressure thing where like, you know, if you don't put in the time, you know, someone can look at you and go, well, this person doesn't care as much as, you know, everyone who's putting in the extra time, which puts on this kind of air of like, well, we have to, it feels like an obligation. Um, and I can see that I've been a part of those kind of scenarios. Well, that, that's happened in uh, like, obviously guys, that's happened in my workplace that well, I exactly. was in many different times. Anton, you must have seen that too. The no, idea the that time. you need to be eternally available. We've worked in, in different mm-hmm. forms of media. You know, I worked at a radio station for 10 years. Matt, uh, outing you a little bit, you work in musical theater and theater a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, Anton, you've worked in media and uh, even in the games industry a little bit. So we've all had yeah. these these kind of jobs where it's not traditional um, occupational guarantees or safeties. And I know I have felt, especially early on in my career, if I was not readily available to work every 5 a.m. shift possible, I was not guaranteed a certain level of income that would sustain me. And I think that guaranteed level of sustained income is why we this whole conversation about voluntary or involuntary doesn't make any sense because on its face the relationship between the worker and the owner of the work is imbalanced there's no possible way it's like someone that's, that's saying the you industry, can give consent though. though come on now that's yeah. that's the industry like if you're if you're a cog in the machine you're never going to make as much as the machine does um you know, well, um, I have an I, idea about tearing down the machine. That's that's where uh, well, I'm coming from. That's oh. fair, but the, you're, you can't attack the cogs. You can't ask them to do it because, you, like you said, it's their sustainability. It's their mm. livelihood. Um, but at the end of the day, like Rockstar is a company, I think, as an artist, as someone who is one of the cogs in the machine, um, you want to work for Rockstar because they put out a fantastic product. Um, if you don't want to put that amount of work in, if you don't want to, um, you know, if you hear the stories and and kind of decide, yes, I still want to work for this company, uh, then I think you know what you're getting yourself into. If not, go work for WB, go work for Ubisoft that puts out a game every three to six months um, yeah. and not have to put in the extra work. You can still be doing what you love. You can still be um, working as hard as you decide you want to work. But if you're going to work for Rockstar, you know the product they put out. Mm-hmm. You know that they, you know, have, like you said before, they are this ivory tower. They are mm-hmm. this very special. They don't expect everyone else in the industry to work like they work. I think going in, you want to work for the best and you want to be part of the best. Then you got to work like the best. See, that yeah, that entire true. mentality, this entire, the fact that these are thoughts that are coming in your head, I think speaks to the cultural issues that we have around work, especially work that is considered artistic or related to passion. You know, we wouldn't expect 
that same level of kind of human injustice if you're working for the plastic uh, factory, which is a couple blocks north of where I am right now. The fact that it's somehow uh, invigorated with your passions and your created art, then creating art, there seems to be more of an expectation that you should succumb to uh, poor workplace conditions. That if you worked in a factory okay, plant, you would like accept it more. You're you're talking like this is some like random warehouse off in Serbia where you're working like a million hours. It's not. It's exactly what Matt said. When you're getting into an industry similar like this, or I'm going to steal one of your points, Matt, but like if you're getting into being like a nurse or a paramedic or something, there is an expectation that going into it, your home life will obviously take a back burner compared to what you're doing in the field because mm -hmm. obviously your expected work hours are going to be not the normal nine to five five days a week blah 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 but you're going to be on call working a minimum of 60 hours a week and obviously in the case of rockstar you're going to be working potentially up to 100 hours to meet a specific deadline so, like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's one of those things where, you know what, like, Rockstar, in turn, as a conglomerate, is a bad company because they're, air quotation, forcing their employees to work this much. I think it falls on the employees to make the active choice. See, that, say, that is like, not fair. That is absolutely unfair to say that an employee that could risk literally the opportunity to put food on the table for their family is in any way in a position to give agency to their choice. And I love that you brought up nursing because in Ontario, within Canada, within most of the United States, the Ontario Nurses Federation, the Canadian Nurses Federation, they understand that obviously this is a job that has different realities because of the nature of how we need nurses. But mm -hmm. because of that, they're guaranteed certain things through advocacy of their union so that is the biggest step forward at this point if you're not yeah, but with that's me, also with the assumption that there is no guarantee when it comes to being a developer or being a part of the development team like we're talking like these guys are working 100 hours a week without mm -hmm. a single break and they have to pee at their desks also like, yeah i also <laughs> want to just jump onto this point is you said it before andy that sam hauser came out super proudly being like yeah 100 hours i mean Dan let's, Hauser, yeah. Dan Hauser, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. apologies. Um, let's be honest. Like, if you are amping up your game and you want people to, you know, think that, you know, we're putting a lot of work into this game, I might uh, I might make a nice round number like 100 as well. You would um, say that people are working that hard? Like, it's just he's so tone course. deaf. He has no idea what the video game industry, is, the culture of the video game industry is right now because of that ivory tower issue to... to yell from the rooftops that he is proud of the fact that anyone is making a game that long that's been in development for like half a decade mm -hmm. and they had time periods like that is so far removed of where the video game industry is now and what people are talking about and it's been proven we've we've seen it this week as soon as this was said there was enough of a backlash that some changes were made one which i didn't mention uh, mention at the beginning is that rockstar gave the freedom of many of their employees to speak on social media about their workplace, which is pretty hilarious. The idea like, yeah, please, you know, talk about how terrible we are in social media. I'm sure nothing bad will happen because of that. And then also the idea that they said officially that the uh, overtime was not mandatory in at least one of their branches, one of the branches that uh, deals with QA. So there absolutely is a backlash and there is a way that it can change. A lot of what I'm hearing from you guys is, you 
you know, this is just indicative of the industry. They should have known that this would happen if you go for the best of the best. And I think what we've seen this week, just with sites like Kotaku, not even New York Magazine, but these publications that are trying to make a difference and speak to these working conditions, there's enough momentum there that big corporations have to take notice. We saw it last year and earlier this year regarding microtransactions and EA and the Battlefront situation. There's enough noise that people understand that consumers are, video game consumers especially, are nasty bitches and yeah, that they but, will get uh, but, like just upset about everything. Exactly. So, and that's the, that's the point that it kind of comes down to where consumers, and I'm not saying everyone's like this and I don't want everyone to send me hate mail being like you're a dick for saying this but at the same time as consumers and as gamers we're kind of the scummiest of the scum like we expect this and this while while allowing ourselves to turn a blind eye to other things at the end mm-hmm. of the day this issue of 100 hour work weeks isn't the first time we've ever heard this from a game company mm-hmm. like what was it two three years ago uh, a, an exact same similar situation brought up there was a bunch of backlash everybody forgot about it two weeks later once the game was released like, I don't think that's going to happen this time though I think that the fact really? that Dan was so loud about it and so proud I think is reverberating in the industry in big ways. We saw a Days Gone, the the big game from PlayStation that was pushed back later this year. A lot of the DLC that was supposed to be coming out for Spider-Man and Assassin's Creed that was uh, slated for early November, uh, mid-November has been pushed back. So I think video game industries and developers are very, I guess it's not developers, it's more publications. They're so worried about that petulant video game wave, like you said, the scummiest people. But I think in this case, the the scummiest of us are actually making these companies, you know, second guess some of their uh, their business choices. So I, I want to ask you both, though, we're at odds when it comes to the fact that this uh, necessarily shouldn't happen. Where do you guys stand when it comes to organizations like Game Developers Unite or the IGDA that want to enact very strict game workers unions that can make sure that before you're getting into a workplace job, it's clear that if your employer wants you to work 100 hours, they got to pay for it up front. The, the expectations of you are through contracts so that if they fuck you over in a contract, you have some sort of legal way to say, you know, I don't have to do this, uh, this crunch time and I can still have my job at the end of the day. So where do you guys uh, fall on that? Um, Like, Yes, obviously. Um, well, it's not obvious. You I, guys were saying everyone no. should work 100 hours and you it, hate freedom. So I'm just trying no, no, to understand no, 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 what's no, no, happening no. here. All I'm saying, I, I think, no, yeah, no, I think that if we, if you have a group of workers who are unhappy or uh, see something as an issue, because like, I'm not one of those workers. Like, mm-hmm. my, my opinion at the end of the day doesn't really matter. Uh, their opinion does. And if they're unhappy uh, and, and uh, aren't seeing eye to eye with, you know, the, the head of the food chain, um, absolutely they should unionize. They should protect themselves because at the end of the day, we all lose if they burn out, if they quit, mm-hmm. uh, if they decide to leave the industry. So if they feel safer and feel like they will get um, uh, better work conditions, um, mm-hmm. just a better quality of life through unionizing absolutely i agree and want them to do that because yeah. i win in the end because i get the better product Again, and they're happy i you, win <laughs> you say that though but there is a chance that you would lose in a big way because think about this gta or sorry not gta uh, red dead redemption 2 has taken this many years in development it's taken this many hundreds of people to make if there was a guarantee that certain um 
kind of certain things that have happened in the video game industry that are typical of the industry no longer happened that window for creation could now go to 10 years that the availability of what's in the game could be severely limited to yeah, what we've seen right we, now. We've, we've seen that with uh square Enix when it came yeah. to final fantasy 15 final fantasy 15 originally was 13 versus 10, 11 years ago. And it was basically in development hell for a solid four years. It kept being pushed back. They had workers working like overtime, overtime, overtime. And in turn, we ended up getting a product that wasn't what they originally marketed, right? Like, I, I do kind of understand where, where what Andy was saying in that, like, if we aren't, if we change what the current standard is when it comes to a development cycle, hitting deadlines and stuff like that, then in turn, we as gamers may potentially lose out. No, we don't. No, we don't. (laughs) No, we don't. You're telling me, you're telling me that you would rather get a, uh, the same, let's say, like with the, uh, respects to this argument, um, you're telling me that you would rather, let's say, keep the same cycle, um, and whether it be 100-hour work weeks, 40-hour work weeks, whatever it is, without the union, without the restrictions, without possible delays and all that, and get the products we're getting, or... You know, you can wait that 10 years and get a masterpiece. You can get something that everyone's happy with is exactly what they want to put out on the table. Oh, no, it no, took us a sure. lot. So I'm, how Anton do, how do we, your I, fault. how do we, how do we <laughs> lose? How do we lose as gamers? So but what? Like, something okay. takes time. If okay, something's amazing. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me bring it, let me bring it back. Because, okay, I'm just playing devil's advocate at this point. I know. Because obviously I'm on the, I'm on the side of like being, everyone being unionized and everyone being happy and blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But at the end of the day we also got to start talking about like just like at, like the gaming industry as a whole and as consumers ourselves right so we look at certain games like let's say for example psychonauts people were raving for a second psychonauts for close to well since the release of the original one and look at now nobody really gives a shit about a psychonauts 2 like, you told me if psychonauts 2 came out tomorrow you wouldn't give a damn yeah, but at the same time, we also got to start look. We also got to start looking at like these companies who are creating these games. Is it worth it for them to invest the money into creating a game for an IP that came out what close to twenty years ago? It's one if, of those things where if they're not making a return, and it's sad to say, but if they are not making a full return on their investment, there is no point in putting out that product. Well, look at Shenmue. Like I, oh, I will I say, know, context. I, I hate Shenmue. I despise it. I think it's dumb, and it it was just a game that people grew up with. But at the end of the day, there was not enough. There wasn't. There was enough people who wanted the game, but the company, but Sony wasn't willing to spend the money on it. So guess what? Let's put out a stupid Indiegogo and get people to invest their own money to put out a game that came out what twenty years ago. So Anton, like, Anton, I I think you're you're touching on something there. That is uh, kind of an absolute truth that it's at the core of all this, which I can't believe I'm saying, Anton Mack. But uh, I think wow. <laughs> it's not as simple as just developers making a game with workers' rights guaranteed. I mm. think the changes 
are systemic needed for an issue that's systemic to the entire industry, an industry that values uh, a certain commodification of games. You know, Mm -hmm. EA was announced this week has made more money than they ever have before when they have changed their business model to games as a service within the next year. I believe it was uh, speculated on Game Sutra that our game industry that biz that there will be close to 70% of the revenue that's earned in the video game industry around the world will be through casual non-AAA games. Mm -hmm. So an investment of millions of dollars from these major corporations into a product that may be much beloved, but will take five, six, seven years, especially if it's a new IP, just doesn't work with this continued uh, marketplace the way that it is right now. So not only am I suggesting, and, and I think we'll get into that right now, I'm not only suggesting that we need to alter expectations of how workers should work on video games, but I think AAA video games need to be different. And I want to talk about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Anton and I, how many hours are you in with it right now, Anton? Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. I, a <laughs> lot. A lot. Well, I'm I'm just past like the 40 mark. Are you around that mm-hmm. or maybe a little more? Yeah. I'm like a little more. Not yeah. that much, but at the same yeah. time, like most games, I tend to not put in 40 yes, hours unless absolutely. it's Destiny because Destiny is the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Uh, anyways, another conversation. <laughs> so this, this is important because we look at a game like Assassin's Creed odyssey it's a game that at the 15 hour mark really opened up and was fun and i think that is indicative of an industry that is broken anton speak to this with me there is no reason that this game is so big so vast and has so many things to do that don't really tie into like a main narrative reason the the only like i started playing the game in the first mm-hmm. few areas, trying to complete everything. And after the first couple hours, you realize there is no reason for me to, you know, uh, empty out this particular fort or do all the objectives there. I only want to travel to areas when there's a narrative reason to do so, when there's side quests. And actually, it makes it pretty exciting. Like, we we did the Mykonos uh, quest line that was interesting and fun. And I, I, I don't think video games need to be this big. And I think the expectations to make a game this big because I don't know, maybe they're trying to hit some sort of benchmarks, ultimately make it a less fun experience for people like you and I. And I'm worried that Red Dead Redemption is going to follow that similar sort of through line a little bit. Yeah, but I also find that this kind of like, you know, bigger game has always been kind of a thing of Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. We look at games like, obviously, the Assassin series, Watchdog, The Crew. They're a company that seems to drive the idea that we have these big living worlds and you mm-hmm. can do, you could go wherever you please, but in turn, there's no real value when you actually get to those places. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, that's always been kind of like, don't get me wrong, Ubisoft, if you're listening, I love you guys. Well, it's, a, it's you, a really great Ubisoft. experience, right? Like, the game <laughs> it itself is. was really wonderful and, and continues to be, but I needed half as many locations, half, like, more dense locations than we actually have, half as many characters, too, because there's, like, 14 different romances. Some of them, you just a quick bang. Other ones, you, like, take your time with, but it just they seem to work exceptionally hard to make a game like this that does everything. And it makes me consider the 
you know, human hours that were put into something like this that doesn't necessarily translate into an experience that is maybe a really great, fun 10 hour experience. You know, like we think about the mm-hmm. Uncharted series or uh, Last of Us or something like that, that was able to really capture an idea and experience and make it fun and make it work without destroying people or destroying your time. Like, I don't want to spend 70 hours on a game. And they're saying that Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be like 60 hours all in. Yeah. But I think, so, so I kind of fall in between, like, someone who loves a very story-driven game, but other times I'm like, I want, I want as much bang for my buck. Like, I want a dollar an hour, so if I spend, like, seventy nine ninety nine on a game, I would better get 80 hours of it. What games are like that, though? Time. Like, what, you don't want, like, is Odyssey really, it's too no, long. But, you don't think it's too long? I think I think it really depends on the gamer at that point because obviously with you you're a very story driven guy you mm-hmm. like seeing the art you like seeing characters being built up within games that kind mm-hmm. of stuff whereas for myself I'm very gameplay oriented that's why I continue to play this shit show that we call Destiny <laughs> or that we play I still play Overwatch and stuff like that yeah. because at the end of the day I I prefer gameplay over everything else. The yeah. thing with Odyssey is I enjoy it. I understand where you're coming from, where mm-hmm. to like there's so much to there's so much to it that it kind of hinders the experience where I I really don't want to have to spend ten minutes walking from one side of the <laughs> island all the way to the other. Yeah. But on the other end and my friend who loves the Assassin series has played every single one at least three times. He's having a bomb time with Odyssey. Yeah. He can't put it down. He's already put 80 hours. He's had the game in less time than we have because obviously Ubisoft yeah, hooked us that. up. And he blew past us already. He's already like... I don't know, get that either, man. Like, I yeah. we play this game a lot and like have spent weeks playing it. And there are people that within the review week finished the entire game and had like four different endings. I have no idea how they do that sort of shit. But that, that's that's also like, you know, some people will book off time for specific games, yeah. right? Yeah. So for example, my girlfriend, she's super excited for Kingdom Hearts and I wouldn't be surprised if she's booked mm. off a three-day block to mm. make sure she can play Kingdom Hearts all the way through in that time period, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what my buddy did. For us, like for me... I have other jobs that yeah. I mm-hmm. also do. Whether well, that's I think that's video, most people like, that are in that position where yeah, yeah I think most gamers. It's, it's hard to kind of find the find the time to sit down and actually spend a few hours yeah. into a specific game. Well, like, I, I want to tie back cool, into but, the this issue, yeah. though, the, the main issue. Yeah, yeah, of uh, my whole problem with a game like this because it's not it is perhaps poorly crafted in some ways not that any feature doesn't work there's just so much that doesn't always tie into a narrative reason that it can be felt hollow maybe this game could be less and it could come out in a more reasonable time and it could still achieve that greatness it just is not as much there and i think red dead redemption like i don't need someone to spend what did they say that they worked on the trailer like 30 different ways first of all the trailers for red dead redemption are fucking terrible so they made horrible decisions there like that is the i can't believe so they made hundreds of different options and this is what these multi-millionaires have decided to create like you i i hate so much when rockstar makes their fucking trailers 
because it sounds like they're describing the inside of a Tesla, you know, like they have the, the female voiceover be like, not only can you enjoy being with your crew, but now your choices mean they're going to fuck you or not. And it's just that is not anything that we enjoyed about rock uh, these Rockstar games. It wasn't, oh, wow, this one feature is cool. It's a full holistic experience. But that's my fucking screeching. Uh, the, the question I asked to you guys. Would Mm -hmm. it be easier as consumers, as people that actually care about other people, would it work for you if Red Dead Redemption 2, as an example, was not as big, not as bracing, didn't have the horseball physics as much, was still a great experience, and you know the people that made it didn't, you know, get divorced or have to work ungodly hours? Would you accept that sort of trade-off, that the expectation is different? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not a dick. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I don't want these people to have miserable lives. I don't want these people to get divorced and have terrible home lives. So, yes, in this world that you present, yes, I'm I'm fine with this. I'm not presenting this motherfucker. I'm saying that we could make it so. But we, oh man, but we can't because of a point you brought up earlier. There are people who who were like, nope, not supporting EA anymore. But you just told me that they just made, and this is a fact that like I'm learning for the first time, that they made the most money they've ever goddamn made. Um, and like I have purposely, as a gamer, as a consumer, don't support what they do. I don't support um, the the way their bottom line is just like comes down to brass tacks. How much money can we make? And doesn't matter who we screw over, whether it be the gamer, our our employees, however you want to look at it. Um, but they just made my dollars didn't speak the way I wanted them to. So I feel as gamers, uh, we got a long way to go. As consumers, we have a long way to go to make our voices heard. Um, and like I still think our dollars the best way to make our voices heard. Um, so. Yeah, no, I just, I feel like, I feel a little powerless. I feel we can talk opinions and, and, and what we wish, but at the end of the day, if we're still buying the games and we're still doing the microtransactions and, 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 you know, allowing them to succeed, even though we complain constantly, but then two weeks later we complain about something different, I'm kind <laughs> of, uh, kind of at a loss here. But of course, what you just brought up, of course I want that. If well, I, if Red Dead I don't can know, come, that's something to, like... People, you say that simply, but I think many people would say, like, no, this is about them creating the most high tech, the most involved, the the pinnacle of what video games can do. You're inhibiting art for the sake of people that made a choice to work there. I don't know. I think that's yeah. a persuasive opinion. Yeah, no, to people. no, that's that's fair because I because I share it because going back to the very first thing we talked about because I'm still on that kind of side of Rockstar makes art whereas EA and Ubisoft make uh, well, that's bullshit artists still should get paid and like see oh, their I'm, kids. I'm an artist I and I, I trust me <laughs> I understand but I also understand the sacrifice of being an artist ah oh, fuck that noise nah, you shouldn't have to sacrifice that is you such absolutely bullshit that should. is no, the no, biggest you absolutely lie. should no, no. Listen, I agree with Matt there is sacrifice that is the biggest bullshit and if you see that is the lie no, but oh my god <laughs> If you are un if you are unwilling to uh, you are unwilling to actually you know say that yes you do have to sacrifice in order for you to do something that you're passionate about then clearly you're not passionate enough about something oh my god that is that is the most evil fucking pervasive thought that allows corporations to take advantage but but this is where your idea of unionizing comes in that i agree with i think you can have you can eat it here matt listen Mm. here matt the idea that because you are impassioned by your work 
that you are not entitled to the same sort of rights is would work if we lived in a system hold on hold on (laughs) we lived in a system no you're saying that people have to make sacrifices it's not the same as working as a factory job because you make sacrifices in uh the things that uh, align with your field aren't there this (laughs) will this will that would make sense if you didn't work for a company that made millions hundreds of millions of dollars if you're working for a small theater group that's one thing. If you're working for an up-and-coming YouTube channel that doesn't have a lot of money and gives you everything they can and asks you very nicely to do work and bothers you when you're doing your other job to make sure you do the work for me or something like that. It's a little bit understood. But when we're dealing with capitalist forces and your efforts, be they creative or otherwise, are going to the bottom line of these multi-million dollar corporations, you have an expectation and a, not an expectation, a fucking guarantee that you have a certain safety net and if that company can't do it it doesn't matter how much how happy you are to do it how much this is your passion you're still guaranteed that yeah and and i want them to be guaranteed though that's why i think something like a union super important super important i think i agree with you in the sense of yes you should have the same um uh quality of life uh, as, as everyone, everyone should have kind of like the pursuit for happiness. Uh, but then again, you know, it's different for everyone. What you might want, what like one game developer and another one sitting right next to each other, uh, or a designer or an artist, those things are going to be different. Um, at the end of the day, I, as an artist am happiest when I see something I worked on succeed, um, monetarily. See, end of the day, I think you're happiest when like you have food. You know? Ah, no, I don't because I'm See, so that's poor. Bullshit. I'm See, that, so that's poor. Bullshit. You shouldn't be so poor. This is the whole thing that I'm talking about. And this is like, I get it. When people listen to this idea of like 100 hours a week, you're making fucking video games. This should be your pet. Like, I understand that thought process, but I think that's something we need to really work to fight against because that earnest passion can be an I would say categorically is taking advantage of of people who see that passion and have yeah. an unfair expectation of you. Like I, yeah, no, I can't, I can't disagree with you. Where we got started. Like, we've all been in jobs where we were told that you know you needed to work harder in order to get the opportunities, and it was maybe a field that we were very passionate about. It was something we wanted to do. We've all been in those sort of positions, and I think that is not necessarily just something we have to fucking uh, accept. It doesn't just have to be our reality. And I think video game industries are a great place to start because there is so much fucking money. There's so much of a um, personalized and and, uh, important expertise to get into that industry. We're not starting with, you know, uh, strawberry farmers in Northern Ontario. We're starting with a group that has some agency. So ultimately... My take on this, fundamentally, we have a very important choice here, not only to make choices financially, but to have a different expectations of AAA titles. I don't need ball physics in Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't need people to ruin their fucking lives to make me have a video game. It just okay, I, well, I don't need it in any circumstance. Okay. And if, like, a, if a corporate industry asks you to do that, if a boss even exp- says that that's a possibility, 
then I don't want them to, they're just poor managers and they're just doing a fucking shortcut because they can. uh, Okay. Let's, let's put it like this. All right. So let's say in the perfect world, some kind of union is created. There are protections for these employees so that they know that if they need to take some personal time because they've been working so hard, blah, 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 in -hmm. order to, you know, chill out they'll know they have a job coming back to it and everything's cool. Everyone's getting paid. No one's getting screwed over along the way. There are still going to be people who are going to put in the time. There are still going to be people who are going to be putting in 60, 70, 80, 100 hour weeks because at the end of the day, they are passionate about something they do. Sacrifice isn't just something like, hey, give me your firstborn so that you in turn can make a million dollars. No, sacrifice is saying that sometimes you have to spend that extra time in order to continue making something that you love. Uh, When I am in the middle of working on a music video that I have invested X amount of hours into and I'm on the precipice of hitting my peak I am going to continue working on that video even though I got bags under my eyes and I've been living on Mr. Noodles for the past five days in order to make it work it's one of those things where I'm not saying that these people have to do things like that it's just that if somebody is passionate about something clearly as some of these rockstar employees are like they are going to spend the time whether someone forces them or not. I and just think I, they shouldn't be forced to. Matt, do you have any uh, final thoughts here? I mean, I don't disagree with Anton and I see what you are coming from, uh, Andy, but I am still squarely uh, kind of on Anton's side here where um, I think that um, if you don't want to uh, put in that kind of work, you don't have to. There is a there are so many game developers and publishers and um, places where people in the industry can work. And um, I think it's kind of like, you know, if you've worked at Rockstar, I'm pretty sure you're getting a job anywhere you want if you decide to leave. Um, So, you know, if you're passionate about something, you'll put the work in. I wish that they didn't feel like they had to um, because, yeah, that will obviously create some kind of um, uh, distinction in the workplace of who yep. works harder and this and that. And you don't want that. That's not cohesive. That doesn't have like a team building or morale boost. It doesn't make a happy workplace. Um, so yeah, I think things need to change in that respect. And I agree with you there, Andy. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think uh, a true an artist will sacrifice. And not just an artist, but like uh, if you think of your your great sports stories, you, you think of people who you know go to the Olympics. They sacrifice their childhoods to get to this place where you know they can stand at the top and hold the gold medal. And you know um, sometimes they look back and go, "Man, that wasn't worth it." And sometimes they're like, "No, that was everything I've ever wanted okay, in right. life." That that is not the same as doing QA on fucking rock stars horse balls. It's just it, not the it, same. It, 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 but could, it's just you, that's not for, the that's same. Not for, that's not for you like, to say no. because yes, it, it, it is. It is absolutely not. You, no, no, Matt. Think, it is for me to say. It is winning a gold medal in the Olympics is not the same as doing QA on Rockstar how for the d- testicles how of dare a steed. you say that because some people no, no that's it I'm, well, some I'm people, your mics. Some it's people, bullshit it's done no 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 some, it's some done. people some people put certain things above it, other things Anton, because some person wants saying. amazing ball nuts you are on, wrong in his game it's just doesn't done mean, no I'm just saying that there are certain things that people will put above others I don't care about getting a gold medal but I also care about making an amazing video at the end of the the day 2018 horse nuts physics (laughs) (laughs) time for the video listen boom thank thank you guys very much for for taking the time uh 
if you're listening here and, and you probably at least find yourself on uh, one side of uh, this conversation, fundamentally, my positioning, as I've said before, the first steps we need to take is make sure that if you're working in any sort of workplace, but specifically in the video game industry, you have access to strong advocacy, whether that is through unionization or just advocacy rights groups, uh, ways mm -hmm. that you can make your work actually have a voice against the people that own it. That's the first step. And I think the, the second step is we as uh, gamers need to readjust our expectations and want games that achieve something very well, not create everything. Thing. And then third step, if there is enough time, a complete collapse of capitalism and a readjustment to uh, workers owning the uh, production rights. So that is VGS this week. Thank you guys uh, so very much. If you look in the description below, there are some links to different uh, unions that do advocate for gamers right, uh, game developers' rights, and they can explain this a lot better than any of us can. You can kind of see what is it really like to be a game developer and it is different than uh you know i think i thought beforehand i think they do need some strong advocacy yeah thank you guys and uh, we'll see you next week